You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to LB Extras, the Seattle Mariners edition. Hello, everybody. I'm Allison Futter, and I am here with Greg Johns to talk all things Mariners. Greg, great, um, a, a great recent turn of events for the Mariners in that they have a Hall of Famer, uh, somebody who will be inducted this summer into Cooperstown, Edgar Martinez. Uh, last year on the ballot, I think that everybody sensed that this would be uh, a good thing for him, that he was going to get in. Uh, but the anticipation was, was what it was, and it was nice when it finally was over. Um, you know, just in your experiences and covering and knowing Edgar, uh, you know, what was your feeling when he got that call? I, I think, you know, as a journalist, you maintain your neutrality as best you can. But I, I got to say that uh, – Hearing Edgar's name called was was a, was a feel good moment. I think for the entire city, the entire region, and certainly everybody that knows Edgar. Uh, you know, Griffey going in was huge, and, and obviously, uh, Griffey on the national stage. There's nobody bigger. Edgar is kind of Seattle. You know, he's the guy that never left. Uh, there was you know 18 years of loyalty to a, to a franchise, and, and and beyond that, you know, uh, staying here after he after he retired, and. and Eventually, come back as hitting coach and still in the organization, and and just that that I don't know if you, you can have a nicer guy in the world. I mean, just the the humble nature of him uh, really endeared him to to Seattle and certainly everybody that's worked with him. So you know, it was it was really cool. I mean, sometimes good things happen to, to good people, and and this is one of those times. And uh, there's it's just there's a reason that uh, <laughs> the street outside uh, the, the ballpark is is Edgar. Martinez uh, Drive, and there's a reason that uh, Edgar's Cantina is in left field. The reason his uh, numbers hung up on the center field facade. Uh, you know, he's he's as mariner as they get, and uh, it's just pretty cool to see him going to Cooperstown. A uh, long, long wait, ten years. He waited till the last uh, last shot, and that's kind of kind of epitomizes his career, Allison. That that he was a guy that got a late start. You know, he he was patient. Uh, he got his finally a. a First shot in the majors when he was 24, and didn't really break into the starting lineup till he was 27. And and uh, and as a player, was patient as it comes at the plate, and worked walks and drove those uh, the the part of that lineup so well the, the way he was, uh, and he, he kind of the same way in his Hall of Fame. He just was a late late starter, got there, and in the, the end, uh, <laughs> crossed home plate, and he's going to Cooperstown. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point with with uh, Griffey Jr. There wasn't any anticipation. Um, there really, it was the only question was was he going to get the, a unanimous vote, um, and he got all but three votes. Uh, so it's like completely opposite ends of the spectrum because that was just you know the inevitable with Griffey um, and with Edgar. You know, there's been a debate, a, a lot of debate over time if it's it, if a designated hitter should really be uh, highly considered. To, to get into the Hall of Fame um, and the fact that he really had to do it this year or wait for a veterans committee down the road to do it. Um, so I guess from that, there's a little more nerves that are probably attached to everybody from the Mariners to the media that covered Edgar to, to Edgar himself um, in, in, in waiting for this thing to finally happen. Yeah. Some, and sometimes that changes the feel of things. I mean, it's kind of that, uh, you know the old thing if uh, the harder you have to work for something the more it means to you when you get it you know uh, it was 
taken for granted that Edgar would make it, and he was polling in the 20 and 30 percent range uh, you know, just four or five years ago, and it, and it really looked like he wouldn't make it. Uh, and, and when you finally get there, it's funny. I had this conversation with Edgar the, the day before the boat came out, and uh, you know, I called him, was talking to him, and I, <laughs> I told him, I said, I've been doing this for for nine years in a row, where I called and talked to you the day after or the day of the boat came out. We talked about how you know how you felt about it and whatever. I said we got to get a new tradition, you know, that we, we got to get you over the hump and, and get you in there. And he did just laughed. It's uh, it's funny, but he admitted uh, when I was talking to him that for him that the weight made this more uh, substantial. It made it mean more. And uh, it, not only for his own self, but the, his family is now his kids are older and they take part in this and really enjoy it. Uh, you know, it just, it really means a lot to him having get to get this honor now at this point in his life. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to soak up every second of it. So keeping in the theme of uh, iconic Mariners, let's move on to Ichiro, who recently signed a minor league deal. I don't think that that was any big surprise to anybody. The Mariners have made it clear that Ichiro will um, will be on the 28-man roster when the team plays that opening season series um, in Japan in March. So, But beyond that, I mean, wh whatever happens beyond that, we don't know. The Mariners don't know. Ichiro doesn't know, but he certainly will be in camp as a player um so where do you think this thing goes greg i'm putting you on the spot how does this end well i think it's pretty pretty clear uh that, that if healthy in spring and, and that is a big if i mean he's 45 years old and and uh you know there's a lot younger men that have uh, become injured during spring training so we'll see how that goes if if healthy they certainly would they they want him and expect him to be on that that roster to Japan, as you mentioned, that 28-man when they carried the three extra guys. So uh, it, it, Jerry Depoto talked about it yesterday, I thought, very clearly uh, after they signed him officially uh, that, that bringing him back was, was uh, you know, a recognition of his career, not only with the Mariners, but, but with all of baseball, and they just feel that he deserves that and, uh, and, and that he will definitely be given every possible chance to go with them to Japan. But Jerry is very clear that it does not change their big picture outlook this year, which is getting younger athletic and given, given time to, to, uh, to the future, which is obviously not a 45 year old outfielder. Uh, and that, that this year is about Domingo Santana and left field and, and not each row in left field. And Alex Smith is, is the new face in center field and Mitch Hanniger is the right fielder. And, and uh, you know, that, that, but that said, you know, Jerry's, he says, you don't tell anybody that, hey, we're going to play you two games and you're done. Each of the kind of guy, he's going to work. He's going to do everything he can to, to be as good a player as he can, whether it's two games or a full season, and, and uh, they'll let things play out. You, you do never know. I mean, the, the reason Ichiro came last year was because guys got hurt. Gamble got hurt. Janiger got hurt in spring training, and, and they were kind of scrambling and brought Ichiro in with three weeks before the season just to, to fill a role. So I get you never do say never in these situations, but I think it's pretty clear that uh, – if, if things go to plan that he would play in Japan and, uh, and then, uh, you know, what, what goes after that, whether he goes back into a front office role or a coaching role or, or goes and, uh, and, and retires and, and sits home with his uh, wife and dog, I, I have no idea, but uh, that would be a drop. Yeah, you know, as you were talking, it reminded me, I was at spring training last year. I believe I was covering the team the Mariners were playing, which might have been the the Padres, but in the first inning, there was an announcement over the PA that Ichiro left with a sore hamstring. I mean, the game hadn't even started. I think he was like left. Um, 
So yeah, we got to get him through spring training, right? And the fact that the Mariners are playing the series like the third week in March, um, there's a lot of spring training that goes on before that or the second week in March, whatever it is. Um, so, so that's not even a guarantee that once he gets going and gets the everyday activities going and he gets them at bats and, you know, his spring training looks like a leisurely exercise to those of us that, uh, you know, watch it either from the press box to the stands, but that is a time, you know, if that GMs are kind of holding their breath, just making sure that any kind of layoff isn't going to affect these guys in a negative way. And I guess that's something that's a concern. Sure. I mean, in each row, as, as everyone knows, uh, will be as ready as, humanly possible and and that he i have no doubt that he is uh, preparing uh, beyond what what could possibly be imagined to get ready for this but that it without saying that when you're 45 years old you're, you're not the same uh, body as you were uh, earlier and i can speak to this well being well beyond 45 but, uh, you know things <laughs> <Me too. laughs> and uh you know this is back to life and you know it's the old you know nobody has uh, defeated Father Time, you know, and, and it will happen for each row. And whether that's uh, you know a week into spring training or two days uh, after Japan or, or whatever, uh, you know, at some point each row will retire. And it's it's almost stunning to think about because uh, he has been playing literally a seems like forever. Uh, I was looking at his uh, baseball reference thing yesterday, and it's it's been I think eleven years since he was a Hall of Famer or excuse me, a, an All Star in Seattle. It's his run of ten straight our season it's been 11 years since then and here he is still playing uh and, and that all came after he'd played 10 years in japan so uh you know he's he's playing for 28 years or uh, professional ball and it's it's uh it's amazing he's got more hits than anybody that's ever played the game if you combine his japan and, and uh, u.s total so uh it's a tremendous story and uh you know at some point it will end and uh it'll be an honor to, to be there and and watch that as it plays out well, let's move on to from iconic uh, over 40 Mariners to a 30-year-old that maybe um, Mariners fans aren't that familiar with. But the, the Mariners did sign uh, free agent right-hander Hunter Strickland, who will take up some kind of bullpen role, most likely. Um, so this seems like a decent gamble for uh, for the Mariners just from a talent point i mean strickland was mostly effective for the giants during his last five seasons there um the issue with him i think is more um keeping his emotions in check he's had some pretty well publicized um incidents including like punching a, a door when he blew a save and he you know, hit bryce harper intentionally um which set off a massive brawl and he was suspended so there's a lot of kind of baggage that comes with Hunter strickland but from a uh, just a purely baseball standpoint, I guess the uh, the Mariners liked the, the the fact that he throws really hard and has had you know a decent amount of success. Yeah, no doubt. And in having never met Hunter, I'm certainly not going to form an opinion until I get to know him. Uh, he does have s some history, and obviously uh, uh, his last last year last year he opened the year as the Giants closer and, and was pitching very well uh, through the first couple months, and then uh, blew a save, punched a punched a door, as you mentioned, broke a finger and, and missed, was out the next couple of months and, and wasn't really the same uh, effective guy when he came back uh, in mid-August. So uh, he, he apparently is healthy now. He is a guy that throws, uh, throws hard, throws in the mid-90s with, with, with a good career and still young, uh, still uh, has a team control. In fact, after this year, that, uh, that uh, if the Americans want to keep him around, they, they will have that opportunity to control his future. So uh, he really... To me, kind of epitomizes the, uh, the the free agent market right now, which is there's some pretty good bargains out there, uh, guys that are on the market that, that some teams are going to come and, and pick up just to 
because these guys want opportunities. And uh, Strickland was a guy, I have no doubt, that looked at Seattle and said, hey, I, I could have a pretty good shot to be the closer there. And, uh, you know, that's a good way to promote your, your career and, and make some money. So, you know, uh, Diaz is gone. You know, Alex Colomay is gone. You know, Juan Nicasio gone. You know, Nick Vincent, these guys are all gone. And the, the Mariners, are, somebody's going to be closing games and somebody's going to be picking up some saves and, and helping themselves. And I think he probably comes in as the favorite in that role right now, certainly with, with more closing experience than anybody they have on the roster. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a good move for Strickland and uh, could be an, an interesting move for the Mariners as well. And let's conclude our conversation talking about uh, a player to watch as as spring training nears. And of course, uh, Corey, or, I'm sorry, Kyle Seeger is not uh, an unfamiliar name, clearly, to Mariner. <laughs> I knew I was going to do that. Uh, but yeah. he is kind of looking to have a little bit of a bounce back year. So what should we be looking for with uh, Seeger? Yeah, I think Kyle Seeger is, is one of the very, uh, very interesting stories for the Mariners that, and this is a guy who, who was uh, one of the better players in baseball just just two years ago. Had one of the highest wars in, in uh, two sixteen. Uh, was was an all star that year before that. Winner and, and really the kind of one of the mainstays of this program. And, and he's uh, one of the few still here that that core group. Uh, and uh, Kyle's still young. I mean, he's thirty years old. He's not he's not done. Uh, but he did it just coming off by far his worst year and uh, and downtrended the year before that as well. So. I think the real key with Kyle is, is going to be, you know, working against the shift. Uh, he's, yeah, I know he went home to North Carolina this off season with, with some uh, plans to get more flexible, be able to, to turn the hips better and, and, and really take advantage of things to do against this shift. I uh, got a big batting coach he's been working with. And uh, I, I think, you know, you never know, but I, I know Kyle well, and I know he's going to get a guy that's going to come back with a, a bit of a chip on his shoulder and looking to prove people wrong. And, uh, and he's not done. I think uh, it's funny how quickly people sometimes write guys off. This is a this is a guy who was as consistent as anybody in baseball for his first six or seven years in the league. But you look back at last year, Allison, and, and there's some pretty significant things that, that happened. And, and one was that uh, a broken right toe that happened in, uh, in late June. And if you look at his numbers after that, Kyle's the kind of guy, he's going to be in the lineup. He's going to, you know, he's that tough guy. He's going to, I'm going to play. And he kept playing, and uh, I don't know they should have if you look back because uh, his last 59 games last year, he hit 200 uh, with six home runs, and that is not Kyle Seager. Uh, you know, even on a bad year, you know, he, he was <laughs> barely above the – it was at the Mendoza line, and, and this is a far better player than that, and something was not right, and, and a lot of that was that foot. He was just not able to, to drive on that and uh, throw that in against the, the struggles that he has against the shift and probably affected by the shift as much as any player in baseball. You know, he's got some things to figure out there, and I know that uh, he's a guy that's going to go try to figure them out. So keep an eye on Kyle Seager. Uh, uh, moved a lot of the guys around him this year. Uh, he's still there, and uh, you know, he has a chance to be a, a big part of this team going forward still. He's still got uh, a couple more years in that contract and can still be part of the Mariners and a big part of them. Okay, good stuff. Greg, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Seattle Mariners edition. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 